MCU.html Reassembled is brought to you by the Cage Club Network for all things movies, media, TV, comics, music, and more. Check out the Cage Club Network at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey everybody, I'm Nico. And I'm Kevo. And this is MCU.HTML Reassembled. Ooh, exciting. We are back to take one final stroll through the Marvel Cinematic Universe until our next big stroll through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was just hard to walk away. And thankfully we don't have to walk far. We know that this isn't the end of the Marvel world as we know it, but it is the end of the roadmap for sure. We aren't even 100% certain what the next Marvel movie is that's coming out. From what I'm aware, they're still a little bit trying to deny that they're even filming a Black Widow movie right now. They're kind of like, no, 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 that's not... No. I'm fascinated to know how this is all going to shake out because there's not a chance in hell that when Joss Whedon was handed the reins to Avengers, this Spider-Man, this guy could have web slung into our hearts because the guy you see get hit in the face with a banana by his sexy older aunt, he wasn't even a blip on their thwipdar. Because at the time, Sony owned Spider-Man. I mean, Sony still owns Spider-Man, but at this rate, Disney is buying up everything. So sooner or later, they will own the polarized caps on Sony, and they will have Spider-Man outright. But in so many ways, I think Tom Holland might be the best casting choice since the original franchise began. He's just incredible spider-man was such a tired fucking property and they managed to turn him back into america's sweetheart now i think you got to give like 20 percent of that up to into the spider-verse which i still maintain is one of the most perfect films i've ever seen but kevo we're staring back on the battle end of 22 films is it 23 23 films and i'm feeling like you and i are coming at this from very different approaches i ultimately felt that far from home was a necessary epilogue because somehow Endgame wasn't long enough, but you seem to have a very different stance on it. I'm still coming to terms with a lot of Far From Home and reconciling what I thought it was going to be with what it is. I I need to watch it a few more times. I'll get there eventually. I do definitely think it is a good epilogue and tag to Phase 3 and to the Infinity Saga to lead us into the next phase phase of the marvel cinematic universe however that will be labeled if it's still going to be phases if it's going to be waves who knows i just still need to reconcile it not being what i thought it was going to be with what it is and in a lot of ways what it actually was makes a ton of sense now once again if you haven't seen far from home Please make sure that you turn off your podcast listener device thingy, because we do like to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole, which is part of why we waited so long to do our endgame reaction. We knew that 
Far From Home was going to be a tag for Phase 3, and we weren't sure how it was going to retroactively influence our feelings on Endgame. Ultimately, there are a lot of ways that it does, but it's not what they had said, which was that these things are coming through because of Thanos. It turns out the entire time, there is no multidimensional, multiversal threat in Spider-Man. And I'm actually, I'm really, I'm really down with that. I love who the villain turns out to be, and that the story is ultimately, you think the only place to go is a multiverse, but actually there are still so many more threats to tell from just our Earth. And I think that that's a really cool twist, but, you know, I I thought we were going to get multiversal stuff. I got duped. I don't like getting duped. For me, the central theme of Infinity War Endgame and Far From Home is nobody can be Tony Stark, but somebody has to be Tony Stark. In Infinity War, Tony Stark is convinced he has to be Tony Stark. He winds up off Earth. Not that Tony Stark being on Earth would have done anything different, but he feels that he let down the world. In Endgame, he's forced to be Tony Stark after trying to not be Tony Stark. And then in Farfig Newton, we have Peter Parker being pushed to be Tony Stark. And all of that's tremendous. And I can't help but notice how it brings us all back to a very specific scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's like it's like the Russos are the coolest guys in the world and they listen to this podcast and they said to themselves, for a series of films all about Tony Stark, how are we going to make one without Tony Stark? Well, with all due respect, sir, I'm no Tony Stark. And to that I say, with a box of scraps! I was so happy for you, for our listeners, and for myself when they chose to use that clip in the end cap film of the 23 film infinity saga like not just the final film of phase three and for the record it is the same actor from iron man one that's the guy who played ralphie in a christmas story i'm gonna bring it up like a million more times before we're done with reassembled but like that's the same dude it really was they brought him back from 2008 he was an ep on the first film so i guess like him being in that role was probably more like a little cameo than it was anything else and they were like shit let's do something and in a lot of ways there have been comparisons between spider-man floopy hope and iron man 3 i think there's a lot of comparisons between iron man 1 and iron man 3 and that's neither here nor there but one of the things i think that's important to note is they worked really hard to artificially generate one of these for both Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3. But like we pointed out in the Spider-Man reaction episode, at this point, the MCU has so much to it, so much history and gravitas, there's things to pull from that already exist. You can bring back these minor actors and make something out of it, instead of having to come up with Mickey Rourke having that unforgivable accent, instead of having to force Guy Pierce into a role that really doesn't utilize his skill or having to, at the last moment, pivot to a different villain. They were able to just use something from the history of the Marvel Universe and explore why it's fascinating. Yes, 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 I understand that Jake Gyllenhaal playing Quentin Beck Mysterio, that is the same thing as Anton Raparikov and extremist Boom Boom Man. But I think at the end of the day, they did a really nice job making this feel in so many ways like a parallel to Iron Man 1 
in so many ways like a paralleled iron man 3 i feel like spider-man takes on a very unique role in the marvel universe through that lens and i feel like it's a really fascinating trade-off because i keep trying to wrap my head around endgame and every time i try and wrap my head around endgame I don't even know. Like, I don't know where I could, like, I can't, like, chop up phase three anymore. I'm like, oh, if I were to do a watch, well, I mean, I would have, would need to watch Black Panther. Like, you know, it's, you need Black Panther. It's, it's, I mean, M'Baku is so hot. How can you not watch? So I would, you would, and Shuri, surely, Shuri. And, but then you have to Ragnarok because it's with the boom. And then if you're going to watch, I, how could you skip Doctor Strange? And if you're going to watch Doctor Strange, I mean, I would just throw in Captain America's Civil War, and you can't skip Captain Marvel, and I wind up being like the only movies you can skip from the third phase are Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is unfortunate, but I do feel in a lot of ways like Spider-Man Homecoming lifts out of phase three, with the exception of all of the ways it is necessary to the emotional arc between Tony and Peter. What's interesting about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the bits and pieces that really are absolutely necessary and are not absolutely necessary that do and don't even translate to film. One of the really cool and yet questionable things that we've talked about is the amount of footage that was withheld from Far From Home that was used in trailers for Far From Home that are ultimately going to find their way onto a DVD extra in the form of Peter's to-do list, which is going to be a sort of short film. But this isn't even the first time that they have done something like that. There is a whole trailer starring John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland with cameo appearances from Stan Lee and and DJ Khalid. And it's this like several minute long nothing to do with the film short that features all of these stars. That's just a cute little fun film to promote Homecoming. And that's actually how we even got J.B. Smoove to be a character in Spider-Man Far From Home, is that he was in a car commercial starring Tom Holland about Peter trying to get his permit, and the writers loved his performance, so they brought him into the movie, and all these things that are weirdly interconnected. Homecoming provides a lot of really important character development for Tony Stark and Peter Parker, but if you don't see it happening on screen, you don't necessarily lose as much as you think, because there's a lot of great things that you get out of things from even an Accord commercial featuring Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I think we have so much to discuss, and whether it's actually discussing Endgame itself for the first time in like a really big, full way, or discussing the nuances of Spider-Man form and bringing in our listeners who have all done incredible lists for us about where movies go and why, and we have some incredible surprises, like one of our listeners places Hulk at number two, and <gasps> that... <laughs> can't wait to get there, <laughs> until we do that to ourselves. Kevo, where can everybody find your slack-jawed self online? Hunting down what person we know whose number two movie is The Incredible Hulk. It's Chris, isn't it? He's just fucking with me. Huh. What did you ask again? Oh, right. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kevo Really, K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y, or you can find me on the Facebook page for this lovely show, Husbands Talking More or Less, at Official HTML. You can also find me producing Kid Ride Comics with our super cool, super queer team of artists writing and drawing about super cool, super queer superheroes at kidridecomics.com. Nico, where can people find you? 
You guys can find me right here on this here network doing now and again with my best friend Chris or X's for Podcasts where I talk about all sorts of comics with all sorts of amazing people, a number of whom are the closest people in the world to me along with my co-host Jonah. You can also check me out on Instagram over at Nico Action. That's N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. You can check us out all over the country this summer as we continue to promote our title Kid Riot at cons everywhere. All right, guys, until we come back, we'll check you soon. Peace.